We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Curry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history? Still in the making. Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Crossing route, Gurley makes the catch 20. First down, he hurdles. Far side of the field, stays on his feet. Inside the 10, Todd Gurley making his case for MVP. Wait, he throws back shoulder. Higby reaches out and makes an incredible catch for a first down. Off his back foot, he throws to the end zone. Cooper Cup leaping to make the catch. Out of bounds, he has it for six. He's got a knee-high snap, looking left. Now over the middle, he pump fakes. He rolls to his right with Connor Barwin pursuing. He knocks him down. The ball is thrown up in the air and batted away. Incomplete. The Rams' defense clinches it. Goff will come on the field for victory formation. The Rams' sideline across the field from us erupts in celebration. And so the playoffs are coming back to L.A. This January at the Coliseum. We, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions. Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower, and our guest, Vikings Territory Managing Editor Sean Borman, for our week four preview of the Los Angeles Rams showdown with fellow NFC power, the Minnesota Vikings. Gentlemen, how are you tonight? Doing great. How about you? Outstanding. That's it? I guess. Just one, three word answers? Look, man, I know it was a tough night for you, Sean, because you're already digging in the beer. We just saw him take a big guzzle of a beer just before. <laughs> it must have been a rough <laughs> day for you. I'm doing great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get into this with these guys. Um, it's a big one Thursday night, folks. It's a big one, I think, for different reasons for each of these teams' season. Um, before we do, we have a big announcement, folks. We're finally on Spotify. So if you listen to Spotify... It's a great place to listen to pretty much any music out there. And now we're there as well. Rams Talk Radio. Find us on Spotify also. We're now on TuneIn. So add that with iTunes, Spreaker, SoundCloud. You name it. We're pretty much everywhere. We're like a virus. We just keep growing. Okay? Don't forget, we're also <laughs> on iebeatradio.com. They air our shows on Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, and one more. About iTunes, folks. Listen. Right now, we have 76 five-star reviews on iTunes. Once we get to 100... We're giving away a $50 gift certificate to NFLShot.com. This contest has been going on. It seems like it's been longer than the Cleveland Browns playoff drought. Please, end this, folks. End this so we can give this thing away and move on with our lives. Please. I mean, I think Norm's had like 50 grandkids since then. I'm just saying. 
All right. Sean, the lucky took a ch- took one on the chin in Buffalo, but what on earth happened? Oh yeah, I was at the game at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis there, and uh, there's not really one thing that led to it. You know, uh, the first drive of the game, uh, the Vikings had a three and out coming, and then of course Linval Joseph head to head hit with the quarterback Josh Allen, who's what six five, six six. So I mean, where else are you going to hit him? He made you know helmet to helmet contact, fifteen yard penalty from there. The game was over after that play, so it's uh, it was too bad to see because you know sixteen and a half point favorites. I think that may have gotten into the players' heads because uh, they really didn't have any juice, any energy left uh, after that first penalty. So it was one of those games where if it can go wrong, it will go wrong type of type of deal. So it was unfortunate to see. Uh, you know, being a Vikings fan, it sadly wasn't the worst performance I've ever seen, but it was definitely up there, a top five worst performance. So, really sad. Uh, but what are you going to do? You got to move on. You got to sip on your beer and move on to next week. And uh, luckily for the Vikings, we do have a short week coming up with uh, the Rams on Thursday. Just to follow <clears throat> up, I, I just I have to ask. I'm catching this in your question, in response. Are you telling me one penalty? And I don't mean I mean Norman. I've been there and done that, watching fourteen years of bad football at the Rams. Okay, so this is not meant to be a targeting question, a targeted question here. But are you telling me that one bad penalty threw this entire team off for the entire game? Yes, I am. Wow, wow! <laughs> it's uh, you had to be there in person. It, it's literally like the the wind blew out of the sails after that play call because. Uh, Allen, you know, as him being a rookie, he he's pretty good. He uh, he made some plays after that that penalty, and uh, the Vikings just couldn't find it. You know, like any time they were close to getting some momentum, it was just crushed by a great play by the Bills. So uh, that really really did it. The Vikings offense had nothing going. Uh, Cousins fumbled. He had interception. It was just horrific after that first penalty. So. It's it's sad to say, but yeah, that one penalty really hurt them. Well, the Bills aren't known to have a real great defense, and understandably, you were playing catch up, you know, throughout the game. But fourteen yards rushing on six attempts. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. It's... Was that they just totally give up on the run and just you know, and and one two of the attempts were by Kirk Cousins, so. I mean, they must have just totally gave up on the run, and that kind of had to make them a little predictable too, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, isn't that crazy? I mean, six rushing attempts is, I was just looking it up, it ties the lowest amount of attempts in NFL history. So, I mean, even when you're down 17 nothing, which is what the Vikings were, they completely gave up on the run, which, in my opinion, was a big mistake because the Bills are good enough defense where they tried to attack the flats, they were right on it. They tried to go deep, they were right on it. So it's a very predictable offense uh, after they're trying to play catch-up. Yeah, it just blows my mind. I guess that's really the kind of the reason we're, we're giving this questioning here is we know the Vikings are more talented than this. Uh, it blows it blows my mind that this happened. It blows my mind to hear six rushing attempts. And so this isn't like, hey, we're trying to beat you up on this. We're really trying to understand what on earth was going on. And... and what do you know about the atmosphere in the Vikings locker room after that loss? Well, I can tell you uh, with my own eyes, I saw Xavier Rhodes, the Vikings star cornerback, and Mike Zimmer, head coach, going at it on the sidelines, which is pretty rare to see. You know, and even if, even on the play, it was like a third and long, third and like 20, and Xavier Rhodes gave up, what, 12 yards, so he's still short of the first down. Made the tackle. Uh, the Bills were able to kick a field goal, and even then, Zimmer's just right in the guy's face. So it's uh, I can't imagine the locker room was in good spirits after that game. Uh, I know John D. Filippo, like he's new offensive coordinator, had said before the game he didn't feel like the guys were very prepared for the game, and I think they totally just checked it off as a win and it did not prepare mentally for this game. Well, we lost Akib Talib. 
you know, for probably about a month with a high ankle sprain. We lost Marcus Peters for two to four weeks with a calf injury. Uh, we lost our backup that we just signed, JoJo Natson, on our return team with a broken hand. He's out. Uh, so, you know, we're kind of hurt. And what's the Vikings inj- injury situation right now? Do you expect uh, anybody to miss the game or even be limited for Thursday's game? You know, I, I saw – I'm just looking at the injury list now. Uh, obviously, Delvin Cook wasn't involved in the game against the Bills, which was a big big loss, uh, but still doesn't account for six rushing attempts. I still think that's crazy. Uh, but there are some pretty – Big names. Uh, Everson Griffin on defense was out with a supposed knee injury, and he didn't go to the game. He wasn't at the game because of a personal matter. Uh, so that could be a developing story. A Vikings star defensive end. Uh, you know, there might be something developing there. I, I don't know. There's been rumors of him, you know, in a hotel with some cocaine, but I don't know how legit these rumors are. So that would be a big loss. Uh, the Vikings do have some pretty Solid depth. Whoa, 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 whoa. you just blew my mind. Can you roll that back and make sure I heard that right? Which part? Rumors of cocaine. Who? What? Those are the rumors going around on Twitter. Uh, I don't give any validity to them yet, but uh, that's that's the rumor going around with Everson Griffin, which if you've ever seen him on game day, it wouldn't be too far-fetched, but as far as I know, the guy's always been clean. Wow, okay. So it seems like some things out there in Minnesota are, well, shall I say, they're not quite gelled yet for this season. Is yeah. is that accurate? I would say that's very accurate. It's, uh, you know, they're looking to build upon the 13-3 and season last year. Obviously, they had a huge fallout in the NFC Championship game, but they're looking to build upon that and get over that last hurdle. Uh, but... So far this season, it's been it's been rough. You know, the rookie kicker they had to get rid of him. Brought in Dan Bailey, who I think kicked one, or he didn't even get an attempt. Uh, I'm pretty sure against the the Bills. Uh, so it's just an, a very weird game against the Bills. It's one that the Vikings will definitely try to forget about. Uh, but they've got a long ways to go to gel. Like you said, it's uh, it's it's very odd for a veteran uh, locker room and a veteran coach like Mike Zimmer to be in this situation. Well, the way the defense took care of, you know, of you guys last week, and now you're coming in to face the Rams who, you know, are putting up 35 points a game and look like they could do more. Uh, If you guys fall behind early, is that going to be a problem after seeing last game? You know, they – as a similar circumstance, they fell behind against Green Bay week two. Uh, but that's a big reason why they brought in Kirk Cousins, because he's able to bring them back with his arm. So it's it would be much tougher, in my opinion, against the Rams, who were pretty much rolling on all cylinders besides the recent injuries to the cornerbacks. Uh, but they're such a balanced team as far as offensive line, uh, wide receivers, running back, quarterback. Goff is playing great right now. So it's uh, it'd be a little more difficult to come back against a team like the Rams than uh, the Bills. They might lose uh, confidence even a little earlier. But it, in a bigger game against the Rams on a national platform, I think they're going to bring a little more fire to the game than they did the Bills. All right, well, the Vikings looked great last year against the Rams, 24-7 victory. And they have a history, a long history, of getting the Rams away at 1970s playoffs, 1980s. Last year, that 24-7 victory was huge for the Rams. Well, loss for the Rams. Um, yet, we keep talking about the Vikings haven't, haven't looked like last year's team. And overall, we've talked about various problems. Even the 49er game, it, they didn't look right. In the Packers game, they didn't look right at times. And, of course, last mm-hmm. weekend. So, in reality, overall, what's missing? We're talking about gelling the team. What is, what's really the problem there? right now in Minnesota? I think you kind of hit on it. It's gelling. Uh, This team has got some leaders that are new to the team, like Kirk Cousins, Sheldon Richardson. These guys are brought in as free agents. They don't have the history uh, like the the other guys did. 
so you saw Case Keenum really start to gel as the season went along last year, and I think that'll be the case as well for Minnesota. Uh, it's not a given, but that's just how things have typically gone uh, in Zimmer's locker room. So I think as the season goes along, you'll see a little bit more polished play from the team. Um, at least that's uh, what we're hoping for. All right, really quick, though, before we continue this interrogation of Sean here. <laughs> Most of us are practically addicted to anything Los Angeles Rams, well, except for Sean. So, if you want to learn more about Rams history with a bit of personal touch, check out Jim Hawk's book, The Hollywood Team, Grit, Glamour, the 1950s LA Rams. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through the lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the son's story of his father, and the team played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. Rebound players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elric, Raisley Hirsch, Tom Fears, and Les Richter in this story spanning the 1950s LA Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at hollywoodsteam. It's available in both hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Oh, and yes, folks, it is going to be on paperback soon. Haven't checked when. I'll find out from Jim, but it's coming soon, so... If you're interested in great history book, if you're interested in learning more about this franchise, check out Hollywood's Teen Grit, Glamour, and the 1950s LA Rams by Jim Hawk. It's well worth your time. Look, even Norm read it. I mean, he blew my mind when he told me he read it. I, I didn't think he could read at third grade level, but here he is. Just saying. Yeah, thanks. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm just curious, uh, from your guys' standpoint, you've obviously, obviously watched a little bit of the Vikings. What do you guys see? That's up with the Vikings. Maybe you guys can put your finger on it from a, an outsider standpoint. You want this one first, Norm? Want me? No, you go ahead. I, I got to think on it for a minute. Okay, I'm. You know, there's, I'm of two. I'm of two people on it. I think, believe it or not, losing Case Keenum hurt you guys in some ways. Yes, Kirk Cousins has a better arm. Yes, he puts up better numbers. But Case Keenum brings mobility that Kirk Cousins doesn't bring. And especially in that Rams game, for example, last year, one of the reasons the Vikings won that game was the fact that Keenan was able to get away from them and move. I'm not so sure Cousins can do that against really good pass rushes. And, and the Bills, the Bills rushed the crap out of them. I mean, that, that so that would be a concern for me. That's different from last year, this year. Also, don't shoot the messenger here from the outside looking in. I've been wondering this, and I think Norm was too a little bit when we were talking yesterday. I'm wondering if maybe this team played a little above its head last year in terms of its talent level oh, at all this position. I, I'm, I'm saying a little. I'm not saying they're this horrible team or anything, but now maybe in a new year with teams that are improved, maybe they're coming back to earth a little bit until they figure it out. That's kind of how I view it. I'm not sure, though. We're still young in the season. I could be totally wrong on that, but that's just kind of how I'm, I view the Vikings, especially after the way they lost in Philadelphia and so on and so forth. No, it's a completely fair answer. Norm? Well, I, you know, in our pre-season pre, our, our pre, uh, predictions for all games, I think Derek had the Rams losing to the Vikings at home, and I had them winning. And the reason I had them winning was because defensively they played awesome last year. They were one of the best defenses in the NFL, and, you know, any team that faced them needed to be worried. This year they just don't look like they quite have the defense that they had last year. For whatever reason, and, and I don't know what that is, but it just doesn't look the same. And then I think any time that you bring in a new quarterback, no matter how good he is, it takes time to gel. It takes time to figure out your receivers. You know, I've seen Cousins make some great throws. That throw to uh, in the end zone to Thielen, you know, or what was it, against Green Bay? Mm-hmm. Yep. Was, was phenomenal. Just I, I couldn't believe how he fit it in there. But I still think it takes time to gel, and I, you know, like you said, I think week five, week six, you might start seeing a little bit of growth out of that. But I think you combine all those things plus a little bit of a drama, you know, with the whole rumors and everything. Anytime you have anything like that, it can mess up the team's, you know, cohesiveness. There's a big word for you, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> so that that would that would be where I'd go. All right. So in Sean. No, when it comes to you in talking about this matchup, how does this Vikings offense match up with the Rams defense right now, especially with Marcus Peters and Aqib Tlaib being out? And where do you see the Vikings focusing their attack? Well, I think you hit it right, right on the head. Uh, with those two guys out, you got 
Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, who are both incredible route runners who are going to beat up on any quarterback they the Rams put out there. Uh, I'm not uh, positive who the Rams' backup cornerbacks are. Uh, you guys can fill me in on those guys. But uh, even even with Tlaib uh, and Peters in there, I think they would have had their hands full with, uh, with Thielen and Diggs because those guys are – Phenomenal route runners, like I said. They're going to stretch the field. They're going to hit you with a button hook. They're going to go across the middle. You name it. They're going to take sweeps around the end. Uh, Vikings really really utilize the talents of uh, their wide receivers. So I think, uh, first of all, they're going to start more with the run. <laughs> I mean, they have to have more than six attempts. That's just crazy. Uh, and hopefully Delvin Cook will be back for the Vikings' sake. Uh, so you, I think you're going to try to see DiFilippo and the Vikings offense establish a run from the start, unlike the unlike the game against the Bills, and then utilize the speed and the strength of their wide receivers and their route running. So I think uh, it's a pretty good matchup uh, for the Rams defense. So I'll be honest with you, with the Vikings offensive line being weak, I think Sue and Donald up the middle are going to have a field day. So the Vikings are going to really, really have to game plan for those two guys because uh, the Rams' defense is so strong from the inside out. Just a quick follow-up, if I can, if I may, Norm. Uh, the follow-up yeah. here to that is you mentioned the offensive line. I just saw the numbers. Riley Reef gave up 12 pressures in that game against the Bills. Is that who you're referring to in terms of weaknesses right now and, and what what's going on? This is, <laughs> this is an offensive line last year that was off the chain. Yeah, the Vikings' offensive line was much improved last year, and Reef was a big part of that, honestly. Um, you know, it wasn't entirely healthy, but I, I feel like last week was a little bit of an off day for him. Uh, but generally, the Vikings have their weakest area has been inside, uh, you know, Compton. They will be getting Pat Elfline back. I believe he'll start at center. Uh, and. They've got Brett Jones, who was at center, who they may push up to guard in Compton's spot. But Remmers uh, at right guard has been playing pretty well, and Rashad Hill at right tackle uh, has been okay. Uh, for the Vikings' second-round pick from this year, rookie Brian O'Neill has been very solid in uh, being a swing tackle, and he's replaced Hill very well uh, a couple times. So there's not really... A glaring weakness, I'd say inside is probably a little weaker than the outside as far as the offensive line uh, for the Vikings. But uh, with two of the best tackles in the league, in Sue and Donald, uh, they're really going to have to game plan around those two guys. You got Sam Shields will probably start. So you got a veteran presence that used to be very dominant that's kind of gotten some playing time and should be back into the swing of things. So he'll be out there. Uh, you've got uh, Nickel Roby Coleman and Troy Hill. Oh, that's right. Those, those will probably be our three guys. And I was talking to Derek about it earlier. You know, Derek's been talking about how we had a lot of depth at cornerback. And I think if you were to take Sam Shields and and Roby Coleman uh, and, and sometimes Troy Hill – they could start for a lot of teams in the NFL. So I, I don't think we're going to be totally weak at that spot. So I expect Wade Phillips to dial up a lot more, you know, a lot more blitzes. Uh, I have a feeling you might see a lot of Michael Brockers this week with your offensive line dominating or trying to dominate our double team, Sue and Donald. So I think that opens up the door for Brockers, who's no slouch. And our linebackers, we found are really quick and they, they can probably help out in the tight end coverage. So, you know, we're, we're weaker on defense without Peters and Tlaib, but we're by no means weak. I, I yeah, look at are... I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead, Derek. Well, I was going to say, just to kind of add on to that, if there's a concern for the Rams, it is, it is their linebackers though. Corey Lewis playing well. Samson Ebicom's coming along, but, that that still was in terms of the system they're trying to run, and said they there is they're still growing. They're like the Vikings in a lot of ways. They're still trying to gel right there. And what we've seen in the first three games is when teams are successful, they're attacking that intermediate area of the field. They're going to the tight end. They are they're 
staying away from the corners. Now, they'll probably challenge our corners more now that Peters and Talib are out. But they've been very successful. Even in the running game, yesterday the Chargers were able to really get their yards up the gut and going right, right at that Rams defense. I, that's where I would think the Vikings are going to go. Yeah, they have a good receiving tight end in Kyle Rudolph. He's not uh, the quickest guy in the world, but he's got a great pair of hands. He's a tall guy and can box out well. So uh, he may be utilized a little bit more uh, against the Rams. Um, but I could also see the wide receivers and maybe even Laquan Treadwell, the Vikings' third wideout, who, uh, who's had his up and downs this year. But I could see him uh, attacking the middle of the field as well, as well as Thielen, who's great from the slot. Rudolph hurt so the Rams uh, last year. Did he? Yo, he did. I didn't he look was, at the exact stats. Oh my! I I was so frustrated with with Thielen and, and Rudolph in that game. I was just I was ticked because I was thinking coming that game with Dalvin Cook just having gone out that that was a main weapon for them that was gone. And instead, the Vikings just went Thielen, 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 Randolph, Randolph, Rudolph. I mean, it just was unbelievable to me that the Rams were unable to solve that puzzle. When, like you said, he's not the fastest guy. He's just a big dude who catches a football. Yet the Rams mm-hmm. couldn't stop him. He's a good route runner too. He knows how to get open, and he did. He did. We had Michael's former Rams uh, defensive back Michael Stewart on with our post game uh, podcast last night, and one of the things that he talked about was the the Rams are doing a lot of bend but don't break defense and i think that's going to be something that we're going to have to do against the vikings because of the fact that we've lost those two starters so you know i have a feeling that they're going to be willing to give up a lot of shorter stuff to try to stop the deeper throws and then hopefully hold them to a field goal at the end of the field so i would expect you'll see an aggressive defensive line and some blitzing but if they give up a play they're going to try to not give up any big ones and and try to keep it in the middle of the field that's kind of where i see it going and Sean, what about the Vikings' defense? How are they going to attack the Rams' offense? Is this an offense that actually improves, to, appears to be much improved from last year? How do they go after this Rams' offense? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, sorry, guys, my battery's running low here, so I'm going to answer this quick and then go grab my charger. Uh, <laughs> but I believe the defense is going to try to definitely make the Rams' offense one-dimensional if possible. I know that's tough to do when you have a strong offensive line. You got Gurley, like I said. You have strong receivers. Uh, and Cooks and Cup and uh, Woods. So uh, they're going to try to do their best either. Most likely what they usually try to do is stop the run and make, make Goff throw it. But the way he's been playing, it's going to be tough to stop. All right, well, yeah, you're going to – go ahead. I was well, No, because I was going to say it's prediction time, but <laughs> you've got more to say. Go, go, we – well, he needed to go get his charger, so I thought I'd fill in a little bit for that. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll be right back. Sorry, guys. This is no, no this problem. Is more of the weird stuff. He, he used to do it when um, we were just doing a normal record that we would just kind of go back and forth. And, and then once you start doing things live, everything kind of changes. You want to keep the conversation flowing because you know there's not going to be a, be a big edit, folks. So put up with us a little bit. Um, Norm, while we're waiting for, waiting for our Sean's return here, in terms of this matchup, like we're talking about the Rams offense, how the Vikings do it, what do you see as being the key to be able to stop this Rams def- uh, sorry, Rams offense right now? Well, what I was going to say before um, this all kind of got flubbed up is the Rams seem to be setting up, like like Mike, Michael Stewart said last night, the Rams seem to be setting up the run with the pass. And so if they're going to be out there focused on the run, that could hurt them because Goff could tear them up. Uh they're going to have to get to golf and put pressure on golf. That's going to, that's what they're going to need to do to win the game. And I don't know that they can do it, especially if, you know, Everson Griffin's out. Uh, we don't know that for sure, but if he's out, that's going to be a big uh, hole for them. And so I think the only way they stop this offense is, is putting pressure on golf and, and hitting him quite a bit. If they can do that and throw him off his game a little bit, that would make us more one dimensional. And we probably would have to rely on Todd Gurley a lot more which could work out for us, but that would be the kind of attack I would see him doing. Uh, that would be my main focus if I was, you know, one of the Vikings coaches is, you know, hit, hit golf, hit him hard, hit him fast, keep him questioning, you know, everything he's doing. The only issue with that is the new quarterback rule. 
I mean, if you, <laughs> if you touch the guy, we're going to get called. So <laughs> that's the only issue. But uh, and who knows? Maybe Zimmer will surprise us and try to stop the pass. And like you said, just keep blitzing and rushing Goff and try to force the Rams to run. We talked about that a little bit last night when we were doing the post game. Yeah, you know, the Clay Matthews thing. I know. I yeah, I know you guys are nowhere near Packers fans out there, but Clay oh, Matthews got called. Up. Yeah, <laughs> Clay Matthews <laughs> got called for um, roughing yesterday. Got called against you guys, and I mean, I would. What are your? What were the thoughts on the penalty that were called? That was called against him, Matthews in the in the Vikings game, and how are you viewing this rule and how it affects the game? I'm not a fan personally. I really feel like it's hurting the game uh i mean they're football plays it's a, it's an inherent risk to the game of football that you could get hurt on any given play so to make it so tough to make a tackle on a quarterback i think is just ridiculous i think it's going to hurt the nfl i think a lot of loyal fans are getting turned off by it uh i don't know how you guys feel but those are my initial thoughts on it I, and I as far as Matthews hit I we were flagged on a very similar play that same game um I hate to side with the Packers but I, I think uh I think they were clean hits well I watched a Facebook video earlier about the new NFL sack and it was a father and a daughter <laughs> and the fa- the father rushed the daughter and went over and swooped her up very gently in his arms and laid her down in a cradle position very slowly and then pulled out a red pillow and put it under his daughter's head. That's what it feels like. And, you know, that's the part of the game that I love. You know, I'm a defensive guy. I always have been. Same. You know, when I, when I played, my job was to, you know, go in there and hit the quarterback. And I can't imagine not being able to do that. And I think it's causing, you know, we talked about this last night on our other podcast. I think it's causing injuries by doing it. I think Tlaib's injury was totally because he slowed down and didn't want to get flagged. And, you know, you can't you can't save a quarterback and make everybody else get hurt by doing that. So I'm, I'm hoping they reexamine this rule and, and do something different. What do you think, Derek? Uh, uh... You know, I'm of two minds of it. You know, I'm, I'm a social studies teacher, and my first year teaching at my current school, I taught psychology. And, I, and during the process, that we, we learned about traumatic brain injury. We actually watched the movie Concussion there. We're, and trust me, folks, we're not getting into the politics of that. That's all we need is to get some people upset about it. But the idea here was, you know, the things that come with CTE. But if that's the case, if you're worried so much about head injuries, if you're worried so much about the possibility of hurting somebody, I think it goes deeper than the NFL level. I think it goes getting getting into youth football. And fall, USA football has a technique that they've been pushing for a couple of years now. And I know because I have to teach it. I had to go train for it and teach it when I was teaching my players. Um, that properly positions you to tackle somebody. And that's what they should be focusing on. They should be bringing this up the ranks at the youth football level and getting, working into the high school level and eventually college, you're talking about trying to get guys who are 30, 31 years old, 29 years old, who've been doing this all their lives, and it's now a habit for them to try and not do this. And in the end, I think it's going to wind up hurting them more than it's going to hurt a high school kid. It, so there has to be some kind of middle ground here. There has to be. And by the way, the way they're teaching us to... Well, having us teach the kids how to tackle is exactly how Clay Matthews tackled Alex Smith yesterday. Bring going across the body. Your head is, is this way, not into them by the crown, not, not hitting the head. He tackled him. Basically it was just almost a textbook tackle to how it's being taught by USA football. And yet he got a rough in the pasture call. This is, I don't know what you do to fix it other than, you know what? Allow a team to challenge it. So they can go look at it again. They're doing it would make the game longer, which would kind of suck, but allow the team to challenge that penalty because it can change a game. It has changed several games already, and that's yes. you know that's part of the problem. I just you know go play soccer if you don't want to play football. That's <laughs> well, you how can't I even say that it. now, Norm, because soccer is one of the leading games, for, one of the leading sports for concussions. I don't know, maybe uh, play well also ping pong. 
Well, it's also, you know, drama, fake, fall down, fake an injury in soccer. But, you know, it's, I played football for, you know, like, what, 14 years? And, uh, you know, I'm just fine. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is not 100% guaranteed, okay? <laughs> As he rolls around in his chair right now, folks, you can't see him, but he got, just kind of rolls off to the side. I got a thigh cramp. <laughs> his body's saying, dude, you lied. Okay, it's, it's getting kind of late here. We want to we want to let poor Sean go. He's been putting up this long enough. Sean, oh. it's time for the prediction time. Usually, uh, we allow the guest to go ahead and make his call first, and that's the same here. You were we're glad you came on the show. Give us your thoughts. How are you calling this game? What's the score going to be? Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, so I got to stick with my hometown Vikings. I bleed purple. I'm going to say it's a really high scoring game, which it could be completely wrong i'm gonna go 42 to 36 vikings all right norm you ready <laughs> yeah i can't see you right now I, i'm looking <laughs> what <laughs> you know, i was rolling around on the floor crying with our leg cramp i'm sorry <laughs> okay um, hold on a minute folks this is what i'm talking about he says i'm just fine as he's saying I was rolling around the floor crying. Okay. <laughs> this is not professional behavior. Okay. What's your what's your prediction? Uh, I'm actually going to say it's a high-scoring game, too, but not quite that high. Uh, I'm going to go 38-28 Rams. Um, you know, there's something about the Vikings that makes me nervous. I think it's, you know, you guys, Norm, you know I'm, I'm a history guy, and, you know, I... I'm well studied in Rams history. I know what the Vikings have done to the Rams in the past. I know that this team hasn't beaten the Vikings since I think uh geez, it's been at least six meetings now. Okay. And I look at this and go, well I don't like the matchups of Kyle Rudolph. I don't like the Adam Thalen matchup. I don't like how these guys work with their routes, and that bothers me. Yet I think the Rams are explosive enough to really kind of make some moves. And with that in mind, I'm going to go with the Rams in a close one, 28-24. And this is a change for me from when, um, this is a change for me from the preseason. So the Rams 28-24. And by the way, guys, last time the Rams beat the Vikings was in December of 2006. So it's 41-21. It was in Minnesota. That's the last time the Rams beat them. So since then, it's been five games. And in the course of that time, the final scores have been 38-10 Vikings, 36-22 Vikings. I was at that game. 34-6 Vikings. Uh, a loss in overtime a couple years ago, 21-18, and then last year, 24-7. So 2006 is the last time the Rams beat the Vikings. Yikes. We're that's, due. Uh, that's unusual for the Vikings to have such a strong history over a team like that. So that's uh, good news for us Vikings fans. Well, you can go back even further. You go back into the the nineties, and during that time, between nineteen eighty seven and nineteen ninety eight, the Vikings won six in a row over the Rams, and the Rams only ended that streak in the playoffs in nineteen ninety nine, well two thousand at that point. So, there you go. All right, so yeah, Sean, we want to welcome. We want to say thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. And and uh, folks, just give a quick shout out so people can know where to find you on on Twitter. Yeah, thanks again, guys. I really appreciate it. Uh, so you guys can find me at vikingsterritory.com. I do some writing there uh, a couple times a week. And also on Twitter, at Sean Borman. It's B-O-A-R-M-A-N. And uh, Sean is S-E-A-N. There we go. All right, again, thank well, you so again, much. thanks again, Sean. I appreciate it. Yeah, it's my <laughs> pleasure, guys. Really okay. appreciate it. Thanks for coming on. And hopefully we're doing this again come January. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. Take care. You too. All right, so Norm, do you want to go ahead and do our ad here? you want to go talk to Sal? Sure. Um, if I can make it through with, without cramping up, I'll be great. <laughs> do, you, do you need me to cover this for you, buddy? No, I got it. So oh, right, let's, right. Give a quick, let's give a quick shout-out to our sponsor at the Golden Ram Barbershop. He's our original sponsor. He's been with us for a long time. If you're looking to support one of your own in the Orange County area and like the old-school barbershop experience, check out the Golden Ram Barbershop at 13755 Golden West Street in Westminster, California. 
Sal opened up his shop as a shrine to the Rams on the day that they left for St. Louis and kept the lights on ever since. It's literally like Derek's been saying, a Hall of Fame for the Rams. You go in there and there's just tons of stuff on the wall. I mean, I I didn't see it all because I wasn't there long enough, but I I love my time there. He's by appointment only, so give him a call at 714-894-RAMS or 7267. Use the promo code RAMSTALK so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give sh- uh, give a shout out to co- <laughs> give a call Sal seven one four. My legs start to cramp up seven one four eight nine four seven two six seven. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there, and he also provides that old school barbershop experience. Talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even made Derek look halfway decent and turned Johnny into Magic Johnny. Man, you are a mess. You are an absolute I'm- mess tonight. But you dude, know, if you had my thighs are as big as your waist, so when you get a thigh cramp and you're this big, dude, it hurts. Oh my gosh, dude! <laughs> you know, and, and by the way, the, tell people the real reason why you didn't see that entire barbershop. The real reason is because you had your girlfriend there with you, and you guys are just giving each other lovey dovey eyes the whole time. You're no, getting your that's not. That's not. Yeah, yeah, that's not mm-hmm. the case, dude. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so a couple pieces of news here for you. We mentioned a few things here, but first, we'll give a shout out to our our buddy Ram- over at Rampage Radio Pod, uh, Jay Jordan. I want to congratulate him. He brought a new son into the well. His wife birthed his son today. Congrats, uh, Jay, on the birth of your son, buddy. Um, Congrats, man. So we may not have a Rampage Pod this week because you have a kid. Well, can you say that? Um, congrats to him and. We look forward to uh, the return of Rampage Radio Pod. Also, in terms of Rams news, still getting some stuff out. Uh, Marcus Peters does have a calf strain. According to Adam Schefter, though, this is different than what we've been, what we've been hearing. He's day-to-day. If he's day-to-day, you never know. I doubt he plays this weekend. I mean, this Thursday, but he's day-to-day. This could have been a lot worse. My gosh. I mean, we thought we were thinking possibly Achilles. And uh, right now he's day-to-day, according to Adam Schefter. Meanwhile, Akeem Tlaib is reportedly out a month a month with a high ankle sprain. Uh, so, and uh, I got to tell you, that's what actually, if that's the case, that's the one that scares you. High ankle sprains can take forever to heal. Yeah. I mean, ugh, that's brutal. That's absolutely brutal. So, also, that's pretty much it for news. We're waiting for more from the press conference today. Again, we're recording this on Monday. So it'll be out Tuesday morning. So we're probably going to miss a few things. Hopefully, they can get a quick follow up out and um you know that's well there is a question of what we're going to do at return uh jojo natson's going to be out with a broken hand might even have to have surgery on it so you know are are they going to sign someone new are they going to stay in-house use cooper cup which i'm kind of hoping they don't uh you know there's i mean that's going to be a pretty big injury as well so we'll have to see what's going to happen there you know what's kind of interesting to me is the Rams did really well last year with avoiding injuries. If you get a chance, folks, go look up their injury list right now. It's off the chain. It is a this Rams team has players hurt left and right. So we're about to find out how well this team has really been built because we're talking about folks ranging from uh, JoJo Natson to Farrow Cooper, jeez uh, Thomas. These guys are all Dominic, out. Dominic, Dominic Easley, Easley with a knee. Okay, who knows what's going to happen with him yet? We haven't heard anything yet. To uh, Morgan Fox is out. Open oh, big. I can't even say his name right now. Okay, our, you know, all these guys are hurt. So we really are going to see in the next couple of weeks death, and it makes me wish that we had a bye coming up because. Eesh, eesh, that's not what I want to see right now. That's not what I want to see. Is this. This, this death chart is being challenged. And I guess if there's a time to beat the Rams, it might be now. It might be. Well, not, knock on some wood, but we thought it might be offensive line we might have to worry about. And so far, with Blythe stepping up, you know, we're in good shape. But, yeah, we got to get these injuries under control because we can't keep losing guys. Um, hopefully they figure it out. I mean, it's not something you can really modify uh, unless you – 
you know, maybe tweak some things, and I don't mean tweak some things like injuries, but <laughs> you know, I, I worry about these Why new was rules. <laughs> I worry no about pun intended. Rules okay, and how it's going to affect, how it's going to affect us. So uh, I really hope that uh, we can we can stop this now and stop the bleeding, so to speak. You know, actually, we were talking earlier about the rules and, and penalties and so on and so forth. You know, if they're really interesting in protecting players. If, I mean, honestly, if they're really interested in protecting players and protecting the product, at this point, maybe it's time to consider raising the roster limit. Maybe it is time to consider that. Instead of being a 53, maybe put it 60. You have more ability to have more depth, carry more people, um, have more help, give people more breaks in the field. Maybe it's time to consider that as an alternative to just clamping down the game to the point where, you know, it's like you're saying, you're having the, the father and the daughter. <laughs> you know, I... If you're trying to protect players and their health, you know it is a contact sport. Give these guys a chance to gain their feet under, get their feet under them. Maybe it's time to increase this roster. Maybe it is. Well, you know, I'll say this, and don't take it too too much, but that's one of the smartest things I've heard you say for a while. Holy crap! You never even. <laughs> my gosh, you know, it, it, it makes sense, doesn't it? Though I mean, it, if it you're really looking out for player safety, then. Increase the rosters. If you are increasing rosters at the bottom seven, for example, let's say you increase it from 53 to 60, then why wouldn't you then... How do I frame it? Well, you'd have to raise the salary cap. A little, but you wouldn't even have to raise it that much because the people who come on the bottom are going to be the minimum player guys. They're, they're going to be deaf sure. guys. So you wouldn't even need to raise it that much. Me and Tom, these owners are that focused on profit to where they would not be willing to help protect their stars a little more by adding more depth. I'm not so sure that's really the case. Well, in a lot of cases they do, but they have to just sign, you know, like Jojo Nansen, they brought him in after Farrell Cooper got hurt. You know, that's how they kind of handle that. Um, but it may make sense to for guys to be able to gel with the team more and and get more playing time and camaraderie and all that stuff to increase the roster. I don't think it's a bad idea at all. Well, you could one way to do it would just you know the draft used to be twelve rounds and before that it was Lord knows what twenty rounds. I forget how many rounds it used to be, but you think it was once thirty rounds long long ago. I'm not saying make a draft of thirty rounds, but go back to the twelve round draft. Go back to that. You know, just add. Because all that happens is the day after the draft, anyways, you're having this free agent frenzy on all these guys, you know? So, so there you go. All right. Well, that's it. I'm done ranting now. (laughs) You're going to do our trivia question? I am. But first, folks, hey, we are looking for sponsors. Uh, In case you couldn't tell, we, we went and moved to this new system, this new host. And I, I we've already seen results in terms of our audio quality. This is we number one complaint we get, we have been getting over the years is hey you guys provide great content, but your quality needs improvement. So we went out there and we moved to a host that allows us to have better quality. We're still working on improving it, by the way, but it costs money. And while we're not trying to get rich off this, because Lord knows, I mean look at us. Do I look rich to you? Um, we do need to be able to pay for this stuff. So if you could hook us up. If you or anybody you know, any business is willing to sponsor us, reach out to us at ramstalk1945 at gmail.com or leave us a voicemail at 657-666-5453. We have a media kit ready to get out to you. And we've also considered adding a Patreon account. I'd rather not do that. I'd rather work with business partners to help improve their product as well. Um, But we have to be able to make something off of this to provide better content. Norm and I are both perfectionists. And we don't like putting out eh content. We want to put out good content that's high quality. It's it's both of us are military men, and we 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 know what quality means. So that's my spiel. Well, and, and our numbers aren't <laughs> our numbers aren't bad at all, folks. And and it, you know we're reaching a lot of people and a good audience. So I think it's well worth the time to take a look at us and uh, see what we would charge to uh, to have you on as a sponsor. I think you'll find that uh, it's well worth it. Okay. All right, and he's right. Anyways, moving on. Our trivia question for the week in honor of the Vikings game, okay? Here you go. 
The Los Angeles Rams first played the Vikings in November 1961. Who won the game? And what was the final score? Send your answers to RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. Again, it's RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. Your question is, the Los Angeles Rams first played the Vikings in November of 1961. Who won the game? And what was the final score? Send your answers to RamsTalk1945 at gmail.com. You can win a copy of Jim Hawk's book. It's a good one. You'll get it for free. Just saying. Any final thoughts today, Norm? Well, I was pretty confident before last games about this week's coming game. Now I'm a little bit more nervous, but I still think the Rams are going to do awesome, and I look forward to watching it. Yeah, you know, I think if you're going to get if you're going to get the Vikings, now's the time to get them. Yeah, before they figure it out. Uh, he has some guys there. There were some some things going on, so this might be the time. It's at home. It's a Thursday night game. It's going to be on national TV. If you're going to get him, if you're going to beat him, now's the time. Because I think eventually the Vikings will figure out they're too talented. I'm not so sure about where they are skill wise in terms of how good they are compared to what they did last year. I do think they probably play a little over over their heads, but that's still a good football team with good coaching. And uh, man. Maybe I'm, maybe it's wishful thinking on my part, but I, I like the Rams' chances on Thursday night. And I'd I, sure like to see them four and zero. So would I. And you know, the last time this team went four and zero was it was it in two thousand one or was it was it nineteen ninety nine? Yeah, you're the history. I, guy, I have to go right? back to that. I got. I know it was at least nineteen ninety nine. If not, it was two thousand one. I have to go back and look. Um, but it was. You're talking greatest show on turf for years, and we're we're seeing a lot first with this Rams team, first in a long time. <laughs> For this Rams team in the last two seasons, which is kind of nice. Okay. Folks, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at TalkRams and on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. You can find me at DC Apollo and Norm at Norm Hightower. Like I said earlier, hey, we're on Spotify now. If you uh, listen to Spotify for workout music, so on and so forth, you can check us out there. We're all over the place. Stitcher, SoundCloud, iTunes. We could really use reviews, subscriptions. Subscriptions really are big, especially for iTunes. And, um, again, we're on iBeatRadio.com as well. So, with all that, we are finally done in our, pre- our pre-game, not pre-season, pre-game podcast review for the Vikings and Rams this Thursday. For Norm Hightower, this is Derek C. Paula. Take it easy. We'll see you Thursday Horns night. Up. Horns, Horns up. up. Adios. Arrivederci. Sayonara. Goodbye. Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. The NBA is back. Where else can you get this type of drama? Where else does history hang from the Raptors? Jalen Brown throws it down. Where else is your own city? Home to your biggest rival. The battle of LA is real, people. And 30 feet is still in range. Hurry, action. Where else can a city this loud be this slept on? Where else is history still in the making? Oh, my goodness. Where else? The NBA, only here. Season begins December 22nd on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.